and we are live. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen. Bienvenidos, señoras y señores. This is the NAI Ball Podcast. Coming to you live, it's March 2nd, 2021, and with you, as always, the host of the NAI Ball Podcast, I'm Robbie Gutierrez, at RobG1063, if you want to talk NAI baseball. If you just want to talk any baseball in general, it's that time of the year. College baseball is in full swing. Of course, here at NAI Ball, we've been covering it for well over a month now. You're home for the most jam-packed wall-to-wall season start to season end, 365 days a year, no matter what time it is. Coverage of small college baseball, the best in the nation. We do it right here at NAI Ball. Super excited to have baseball back in full swing from professional all the way down to college. So absolutely hit me up at Rob G1063 if you want to talk some baseball at NAI Ball as well for all of your NAI coverage. Before we jump into the show, we have to remind you of our sponsor, Silverback Sports. They are incredible. They do a fantastic job of covering, you know, of sponsoring this show with us. They've been the title sponsor now for years. We are super excited to have them on for our third year now at Shop Silverback, shopsilverback.com. My uncle just bought some product from them the other day for his kids going into high school. He bought some bands. He bought some plyo balls. Absolutely what you need. If you're a college coach and you're looking to get some bands, you're looking to get some plyo balls, anything that you need, at Shop Silverback on Twitter and shopsilverback.com. Do us a favor. Go to shopsilverback.com. Just take a look at the website. Do what you got to do. Take a look at it. Check it out. Huge, huge, huge fans of the NAI Ball Podcast over at Silverback Sports. They're an NAI-made company run by NAI coaches and former NAI players. So do us a favor, at Shop Silverback, give them a follow, and shopsilverback.com. Before we get going into the show, what we have this week, shout-outs and mentions, best of the week, our week in review, discussion, we're going to talk more rankings our NAI Ball Podcast Hitter and Pitcher of the Week, and then our game and series to watch this week. And then, of course, our Silverback Sports Big Series of the Week. So let's jump into it, and let's welcome in the foremost authority on NAI Baseball, the man himself, Mr. NAI Ball, Cody Butler, baby. How's it going? Living right, man. Life is good. Excited to be here talking baseball with you. Let's get into it, Robbie. 100% excited for this show, we've got a lot to talk about. I'm actually kind of excited to go over our rankings impossible because it is impossible to really talk about rankings right now, but we're going to give it a shot anyway. But before we get into that, shout outs and mentions, we want to start things off all the way down in Louisiana. Xavier, Louisiana swept the three game series over Stillman in their first intercollegiate baseball series since 1960. Congrats to them. Aquinas College won a massive series over the weekend, taking three of four off of St. Xavier. First baseman Nathan Hughes and third baseman Chris Suriel combined for seven home runs and a doubleheader Sunday sweep to clinch the series win three games to one. Preseason All-American and McPherson catcher Trevor Johnson hit for the cycle in a win over Doan, finishing the game a perfect five for five with three runs batted in. Later in the series, starting pitcher Blake Maddock went nine innings pitch, one earned run and 11 strikeouts in a win. The Bulldogs opened 2021 10-0. College of the Ozark pitchers, Trenton Hyde and Spencer Green combined to throw a no-hitter in the win over Concordia, Nebraska. Central Methodist first baseman Logan Herring hit a three-run home run with five RBIs and a win over Bellevue. Concordia Ann Arbor starting pitcher Timothy Pomaville struck out 15 in six innings in a win over Calumet St. Joseph. Central Baptist left fielder Ruben Hernandez 
went six for six with two doubles, two home runs, and eight RBIs and a doubleheader sweep over champion Christian. Friends swept the doubleheader over number 25, Mid-America Nazarene. Dominant pitching performances from their one-two punch of Valeni de los Santos and Zach Dimenchenko. Both of them shutouts. Friends, the Falcons, 11-1 on the year. Got to keep an eye on them. Blake Willenborg out of Mount Mercy threw six scoreless innings on the road in the win over number 16, Oklahoma City University. The Mustangs continue to roll. They open the season 7-1. and one. Dort shortstop Logan Klein went off this weekend. Three doubles, four home runs, and 13 RBIs in four games. Freed Hardeman, starting pitcher Jacob Sawyers, went seven scoreless with 13 Ks in the win over Thomas Moore. Struck out every batter in the lineup at least once. He's got 43 punchouts in 28 innings pitched with a .96 ERA. And then Lindsey Wilson, right fielder, Henry Paulino hit three home runs in a heartbreaking 16-14 loss to Brian in a midweek single nine. And we're closing it out here with Jamestown starting pitcher Payson Mills. Six innings pitched, no hits, no runs, 13 Ks in the win over presentation. Cody, a lot of shout-outs this week. What sticks out to you the most? Uh, the gold rush, man. Coming back, playing baseball in Xavier, Louisiana, picking up a series sweep. Uh, they trailed in the final inning of their third game. Rallied, put up a bunch of runs, got the sweep. Uh, just welcome back to baseball, XULA. I'm looking forward to covering them, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they could do. I, I absolutely love that team nickname, the Gold Rush. Uh, Cody, one thing that I will say is we have too many Warriors in the NAI. Can can you do you agree with that, or or would you say that that's kind of a, a brazen take? I mean, I think there's too many teams named the Warriors just off the top of my head. Uh, LC, and then there's like nine others: Weber International, Sterling. I mean, they're they're all over the place. Yeah, man, there's way too many, and there's only one gold rush. So it's definitely <laughs> unique. Uh, it sticks out, man. And like I said, to come out there, you win your first three games. Uh, incredible stuff. No, it is. It is really great for Xavier University in Louisiana. Congrats to them. Definitely a big job done in their first baseball series since 1960. Let's get into our review, our week in review. What happened last week that you absolutely need to know about? And we'll kick things off with our Silverback Sports Big Series of the Week from last week. It was Benedictine taking on Mount Marty, and Benedictine sweeps Mount Marty by a score of 5-4 in game number one, 14-13 in game two, 6-3 in game three, and then 10-2 in game four. Benedictine improves to 10-2 on the year. Daryl Myers, Cody, is hitting an absolutely insane 568 average average in 44 at-bats. 25 hits, 20 RBIs. And then, of course, Michael Slayton, 465 average, six home runs, 23 RBIs. This series, Cody, was one that we were keeping a big eye on. And, you know, Benedictine came out. They won all four games. There were some close games except for the fourth game. But one thing you you kept, you know, saying in my ear was uh, Benedictine led for a majority of these games. Yeah, they really did. I mean, even the game two that was close, uh, Mount Marty rallied late. But it was kind of all BC this whole weekend. Uh, you know, you said it. Can they get their top two hitters out? And they couldn't. Uh, Michael Slayton had a double, two triples, three home runs, and 12 RBIs. Uh, Daryl Myers, seven hits, six runs, three doubles, five RBIs. I mean, getting that one-two punch out is going to be ridiculously tough for everybody this year. And uh, right now, I mean, they're rolling. I think when you look at the body of work, the two wins they picked up in Louisiana as well, uh, this is a team along with Central Methodist and Mid-American Nazarene that are really contenders to win the heart. I mean, I think they're they're super talented, and they showed it this weekend. They really took care of a pretty good Mount Marty club, and they made it look pretty easy. 
Uh, Luke Carruthers went five innings pitch, only gave up two earned runs. He picked up the win in game three. And Andrew Bayer, five innings pitch, only gave up one hit, no runs, pitched five scoreless innings in game four. Anytime you can get good pitching performances to stack along with this really good offense, uh, they're going to win some games. So, yeah, like, we're just really impressed with BC so far. That Hart Conference is going to be an interesting one. I, I know we don't want to get into conference talk just yet because, I mean, half the teams in the country haven't even started their conferences. But that Hart Conference is going to be really interesting when you talk about it. Mount Mercy's playing well. William Penn is 6-1. and one. Benedictine's 10-2. and two. Central Methodist is 10-2. and two. I mean, that's four teams right there that, you know, can compete. You're talking about uh, last time we had a, a full season in a national tournament, there was a Baker team that ended up getting a, a bid to the national tournament that came out of nowhere. And then Clark, we have yet to really talk about Clark. Six and five, a little bit of a slow start to the season for them. But that Hart Conference is going to be one that we're going to need to keep an eye on down the road. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's a really talented conference. Like you mentioned teams like Mount Mercy and William Penn. William Penn, I mean, Chase Stratton is arguably the best pitcher in the conference. Uh, so, and that's a, you know, it's in a conference with guys like Schwellenbach. Uh, I think Central Methodist, Mid-American Nazarene, I mean, some of these teams are just going to be really, really good tests for this BC club. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how the heart plays out this year. Moving on to our next big or our next week in review series, excuse me, Huntington versus IU Southeast. And it was a sweep for Huntington, a huge one for Huntington as they take the series three to two in game one, eight three in game number two, nine six in game three, and then four three in game four. Huntington now seven and zero. Oh, on the year at the time that we're recording this podcast, team hitting 309 and a team ERA of 328. Cody, give me your thoughts on this series, man. Absolutely big-time performance from Huntington. I mean, you go out there and you take all four games, that's really impressive stuff. Mason Shineberry went six innings with two earned in game one. I mean, he led the deal. He was a really good pitcher right out of the gate for them. Uh, Satchel Wilson, six for 10, a triple and five RBIs. Jarrett Gray went six for 12, two doubles, five RBIs. Daniel liked the 7-14, had a double, had a triple, had four RBIs. I mean, they held him to 14 runs in four games. Pitching's getting it done. Huntington, well, they're 7-0 on the season now. They have a 3.2 team ERA. So they've just been playing really well, and this is obviously a huge statement for them. Big-time statement weekend, and they came out there and got it done. Um, just a good start for the crossroads right there. Speaking of the crossroads, Indiana Tech, Taylor, and it's a big Taylor sweep over Indiana Tech, 2-1 to one in game number one. 8 to 1 in game 2, 4 3 in game 3 and then 13 to 1 in game number 4. They outscore Indiana Tech 27 to 6 in the series. TJ Bass is hitting 317. He's got a team leading 20 hits and 13 RBIs and then a team ERA for Taylor of 3.07. Cody, this was a huge week for the Crossroads. Yeah, it really was. I mean, some of their contenders really flexed their muscles. Uh, the pitching has just been getting it done for Taylor. I talked to a buddy at Reinhardt this year, and he told me, like, hey, their arms are really good. I mean, these are some of the best arms we're going to see this year, and they just continue to prove it. They allowed six runs in four games. I mean, you do that, you're going to win every series you play. Joe Moran went 6.1 scoreless innings, struck out seven. Noah Huseman went four and a third, went give up a run, struck out seven. Luke Shively, four and two-thirds, give up one run. I mean, your starters going out there, they give up two runs through three starts always going to win the series. Center fielder TJ Bass, as you mentioned, he had two home runs and five RBIs in the series, got the big walk-off RBI single in game three. And then the second baseman, Cade Vandermolen, three doubles, a home run, seven RBIs over the weekend. Big time stuff for Taylor, man. They head into the crossroads play now. 
And this is a team that's played so many good teams, and we'll see what they do in Crossroads. Moving out west to the GSAC, we're really Cody, man. I mean, it's it's anybody's game, but we know one thing: it's Vanguard is good. Vanguard sweeps William Jessup thirteen to seven, four to three, fifteen four, and seven to nothing in games one, two, three, and four. Vanguard improves to sixteen and two on the season, a three thirty team average and a three point zero eight team ERA. A huge weekend for Vanguard and really those GSAC teams while the conference season is young, them and Westmont trying to put some distance between them and everybody else. Absolutely. So, I mean, Vanguard has looked good against everybody they've played this year. I mean, they have series wins over Hope International, William Jessup, St. Catherine. They took a game off in Mesa. I mean, just, they are the complete team right now. They had nine home runs over the weekend. Grady Connor hit two. Omar Ortiz hit two. Uh, just dominant pitching as well. Michael Cashew. Six and a third, one earned run, 10 strikeouts. Justin Graves, seven innings, one earned, nine strikeouts. Brian Park, seven innings, no runs, seven strikeouts. I mean, their staff has been elite this year. They have a sub-three team ERA. They're hitting really well. They just look really good. They're playing the part of a top-10 team. You know, taking a a little bit of a deeper look right now, really early into the conference season at at the GSAC, they're doing pods, Cody. So we don't really know, you know, uh, while we know which teams are where, it's going to be really interesting to see how it all comes together for that conference tournament or a, a conference championship series. Uh, but right now, Westmont 4-0 at a 10-5 and record in the conference, and then Vanguard at 7-1, and some obvious distance. Uh, Hope International, two games back of Vanguard at 5-3. and Still waiting on Arizona Christian, the Masters, Ottawa, all to get some games under their belt for a little bit of a conference season. But William Jessup at 0-4, and, and then San Diego Christian at 0-8 in the GSAC so far this year. Some upsets, though, to talk about from around the nation in what happened this weekend. The first one, Cody, William Woods beats Central Methodist. The second one that I want to talk about also is going to be Southwestern College of Kansas. They beat USAO 4-2 in game number one. Georgia Gwinnett actually fell to West Virginia Tech 6-3 in one of their games this weekend. A big one that we kept up with this weekend, Oregon Tech, Coach Garces getting a big win over Lewis Clark State, 4-1 to in game number three of their four-game series. And then the last one that I want to talk about, Cody, is going to be Warner winning the series against St. Thomas, two games to one. They had a chance to sweep. Southwestern College beats USAO, and, and Cody, that one was kind of a, a surprise to both you and me because we're so used to USAO coming out and starting their seasons really dominant. Uh, it's been a little bit of a slow start for them, and we're going to get into it a little bit later when we talk rankings. But you know, they they had two weeks off where they could not do anything. I'll let you, you know, as those of you at home, guess why. But two weeks where they couldn't do anything, they had a pause in just about everything they were doing. USAO has has not looked like USAO that we've known for really the past nine, ten years. Uh, they just haven't started like that. and It's been a tough start for them and, and a big win for Southwestern College. I mean, it was a huge win for Southwestern. Uh, Tanner Olmstead, he was a dude. I went six innings, one earned, struck out nine. Anytime you do that against the number two team in the country, it's impressive. I mean, big time stuff. They did it on the road too. So huge win for them. USAO bounced back. They did win the series. They took three out of four. But just impressive outing by Tanner Olmstead. Uh, carried his team to a win. Six innings pitch, one earned. Uh, just really good outing for them. So good job for Southwestern. 
Georgia Gwinnett actually falls to West Virginia Tech, Cody, 6-3. What was crazy really more than anything was the day before Georgia Gwinnett beat West Virginia Tech by 20. West Virginia Tech able to come back, bounce back, and get a big one over Georgia Gwinnett. How big was that? I mean, talk about a massive win for the Golden Bears. And really the crazy part is, is they led or retired the whole game. Like, I don't believe Gwinnett led at all in the entire game. Uh, they jumped out to a first-inning lead, and, uh, you know, Gwinnett were able to catch up and tie it up a couple of times, but it was all West Virginia Tech. And then in the ninth inning, it was a tied 3-3 game. They scored three runs, went down there in the bottom half, got three outs, and walked off with a top three win. Uh, really impressive stuff for West Virginia Tech, man. They are fired up. I mean, obviously, those aren't biggest West Virginia Tech social media interaction of all time, so it was pretty impressive stuff and a good win for them. Like I said, in a game that they controlled, a nine-inning game that they controlled, just a single nine. Both teams showed up for one game Sunday, and they got it done. While we're talking West Virginia Tech, I got to give a shout-out to assistant baseball coach Scott Considine, uh, who is a former 82nd Airborne Ranger, served from 2008 to 2012. And uh, I've got an uncle who was uh, an 82nd Airborne Ranger, and he was absolutely somebody who was, is, is an absolute badass in, in life and everything he does. And so those are some tough people that go through some stuff. Uh, we got to talk on social media a little bit this weekend, asked him about uh, Camp McCall, Cody, which is, of course, has a um, it has an obstacle course there named Nasty Nick. He said it used to really beat him down quite a few times. And uh, Nasty Nick is named after somebody from McAllen, Texas, uh, after Colonel James Nicky Rowe, of course, from uh, McAllen, Texas, and a, a war hero from from here, my hometown, that we're we're very proud of. So we got to share something in common there. Uh, James Nicky Rowe, an alumnus of McAllen High, where I went. So uh, just wanted to give Scott Considine a, a shout and a thank you for your service uh, as somebody who served as an 82nd Airborne Ranger for our country and is now an assistant coach at West Virginia Tech. Speaking of Techs, it was a big weekend for the Techs as Oregon Tech beats LCSC in Lewiston, Idaho at Harris Field. Oregon Tech wins game number three, four to one. And Cody, you know, I got to message a little bit with Jacob Garces and told him, you know, that's a that's a great win. I know it has, wasn't the way the series might have went that he wanted. You know, he, he didn't have the series that they wanted. They had an opportunity to really split the series with LC. Yeah, they really should have split the series. Uh, ended up giving up a couple of runs in the bottom of the ninth of game two of that series that ended up catching them. So, yeah, I mean, they really did take a win, big time take a win off LC at Harris Field. You know, one of the hardest things to do. And like you said, yeah, they had a real opportunity to split that series soon too. We mentioned it last week, man. This is a program that's playing good baseball. Like They're playing better baseball. The I want to say it was like the second weekend of the season. I want to say I noticed uh, they played William Jessup really close. And, you know, William Jessup's a really good program that started off really hot and just always been a pretty good program since McKinley took over there a couple of years ago before he left. And, yeah, I was like, wow, Oregon Tech, man, they look like they're playing some good ball right now. And, uh, yeah, just out there, go out there and get a win off LC. They really held LC in check offensively, which was a really impressive stuff. So, yeah, hats off to Oregon Tech, man. They're obviously improving as a program. Want to give a quick shout to uh, our friends over at KOZ Sports in Lewiston, Idaho, uh, who did a fantastic job of calling the game on the radio. It's it's the purest form of, of calling baseball. It's an art form, really. And it's my favorite way to listen or watch a ball game is is via that audio broadcast. And I, I absolutely love it. They did a great job of it, uh, watching that game. And then, a, again, a quick shout to Colton Clark over 
at the Lewiston Tribune uh, who messaged me actually asked if I was in Lewiston, Idaho that day watching that game. Uh, I wish I was. I know uh, I've been dying to get back to Lewiston. It's been a while. So uh, congratulations to Oregon Tech on that win over LCSC, their first win over LCSC since 2019, last game of the season. Warner wins the series versus St. Thomas University two games to one. And Cody, I think the most interesting thing is if you're Warner, you felt like you should have swept this series. Yeah, they really should have a costly error in game three uh, sent it to extra innings where they did lose uh, game three and 10 innings. But yeah, man, really impressed with Warner. I mean, really a series they controlled throughout. They almost, uh, you know, should have swept. So and this is coming a week after they took a game off Southeastern. So Warner's putting up some good wins. They've had a couple of wins over Spring Arbor now. Uh, this is a pretty good program. This is a program that, you know, a couple of years ago was really good. Uh, didn't get to go to the opening round. And, you know, a lot of people could argue maybe it's because they didn't want to give the Sun Conference that extra team. But this is a really good program that has shown before that they can be serious contenders. And, you know, we're starting to wonder about 2021. Is this team going to be ranked? Yeah, I mean, you have to wonder because um, it, it's going to be interesting to to really look at it. You look at it overall, they're 3-3 three and three in Sun Conference play. Uh, but that's a huge series win. And St. Thomas, who, you know, is going to be 9-7 and seven today after a loss to Kaiser University and a big loss. I want to say the final was 10-1, to 10-1 to one in that game. Uh, a huge win for Kaiser to go 17-4 and, and four now on the season. But Kaiser in conference play hasn't looked good. They're 5-4 and four overall. You know, they, they lost back-to-back series to St. Thomas and Weber International. Warner had an opportunity, really, to win the series against Southeastern. They fell short of that. Then they had an opportunity to sweep the series against St. Thomas, but still end up winning the series. It's huge wins for Warner, and it just really makes things kind of crazy in the Sun Conference to the point where uh, between the first-place team, Southeastern, and Kaiser, I mean, we're looking at three games. There's there's four teams there, and just on the outside still is, is Warner waiting to play. It's uh, – Spring break week, pretty much in the Sun Conference. Uh, I want to say this week for sure, maybe into next week. I'm not sure how many conference games we'll actually see in that conference. So not a lot of conference matchups coming up in that conference. Things will kind of stay the same, but a lot of games for these teams to keep an eye on. Congrats to Warner on a big, big, big win in a big series win. There we go over St. Thomas in that one. Cody, let's get let's get into rankings a little bit. Um, this is this is kind of tough because we don't really put out NAI ball rankings. We don't. Uh, and we don't do it for a reason because uh, we don't want to be on our phones all night looking at, you know, hate mail <laughs> pretty much. But there's really, I think, there's eight teams that we can identify as the top eight teams in the nation. And then it's just kind of a big blur after that. I could I cannot comfortably identify a top ten teams in the nation. Can you? In full disclosure, I think you got further in your list than I did. You got all the way down to eight, and you know I wasn't quite ready to go all the way that far. You're like, a little yeah, bit more I, critical than I am when it comes to I, these things. I am because, like, my thing, like you said, why don't we put out a top twenty-five? The biggest reason is because, and we've seen it just this past weekend, whether it's parents, players, whatever. Win-loss record is not – this is not a standing. It's a ranking, and people confuse the two. And you can go 15-0 against nobody, and it literally doesn't mean much to us. I mean, it just doesn't. Does it, Robbie? No, it, it really it really doesn't because at the end of the day, you know, nobody covers this sport more than we do, and nobody knows who each team is more than, than we 
than we know. And so if you've played Little Sister of the Poor 15 times, we know. We know that that team struggles and they don't have but a half a scholarship. And, you know, we know who, who each team is. We know who each team is. And every every now and then there's going to be a team that jumps up and, and bites us and, and really comes out of nowhere. But, Cody, I, I mean, I might as well just get into it. There's there's eight teams in the nation that I feel comfortable ranking. And if it's cool with you, I'd like to do our first ever <laughs> our first ever ranking of please address all hate mail to at NAI ball. Yeah, but, drop it. Let's hear it, man. Okay, so I think far and away the number one team in the nation without question, without question, is going to be the Appalachian Athletic Conference in Tennessee Wesleyan. I think that they are – they're 13 and 0. They've played a good schedule. They've played some good teams. They've come out. They've done some absolutely incredible things. They're the number one team in the nation in my mind. They're the best team in the country right now at this game, at this level. And I think you'll agree with that 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 Tennessee Wesleyan would be number one. Uh sticking with the Sun Conference at number two, Southeastern moves down one spot from where the NAI coaches poll has them. Of course, that's released in like November. And really we can harp on that all day. What do we know in November? We don't know anything in November. We don't put. We don't ask for a questionnaire. And who's eligible? Exactly. You don't know who's eligible in November. You really don't. And you don't know if your academic advisor messed something up on somebody's paperwork, and now you're down a, a major key. And so, Southeastern is my number two team at, at twenty and one. Uh, I. Not that that one loss to Warner is is like, oh, no. But I just think that when it comes to a level of baseball, I think Southeastern's won, uh, had to come back a lot. They've had to win a lot of close games, but they've still jumped out and won those games, and they've played really well in some games. And then there's some games where they haven't looked like the number one team in the nation, but they're still winning. They're still coming out and doing good. They still have some really talented players. And I think further down the road, they're going to be a team to reckon with. Uh, I think they're the number two team in the nation. I think somebody that is really working hard to get to Lewiston is Brad Shelton and Cumberland's out of Kentucky. They're my number three. They're 15 and O on the season. Uh, Looking at it, you know, they've, they've come out and they've, they've played exactly like you want them to. They started the season with three big wins. They beat St. Thomas, Brian and Georgia Gwinnett. You know, they've got a big win over point park. They beat Uno 14 to one. They have won the games that they're supposed to in those closer games. They've come out and won also, and they've looked good in them. They hit the ball well. They've done everything right. They're 15-0. Cumberland's UC is my number three team. My number four team out of the AII is going to be Georgia Gwinnett. Uh, Georgia Gwinnett's 10-4 and four right now. They had a tough loss this weekend to West Virginia Tech, but that's that's baseball. You know, you're going to lose some games no matter what. Uh but George Gwinnett, I still think with the personnel that they have, you know, being able to put it all together, when you throw that team out there onto the field, they're going to be one of the best teams in the nation every single time. So I've got them at number four at 10 and four on the year. Number five is going to be out of the Southern States, and that's going to be Faulkner. And Faulkner right now at 10 and one has, has looked really good in a lot of games this year. They've got the personnel to go out there on the weekends and win ball games. The Southern States is going to be really interesting this year because you look at it. William Carey is six and two. Middle Georgia State's eleven and four. There are going to be some really interesting teams to watch. Bruton Parker has a really good arm. There's some upcoming teams there in the Southern States. Uh, I, I keep an eye on Loyola every chance I get. So I'm really interested to see what the overall 
look of the Southern States is going to look like. But right now, Faulkner, as of today, is my number five team in the country. My number six team, whether you want to hear it or not, it's going to be Lewis Clark State out there. You know, and, and Cody and I definitely understand this. Uh, Lewis Clark State has just been really good to start the year. They're ten and two, three and one in conference play. They went down. Uh, to California and Arizona, beat Westmont. And that, that to me, Cody, their two most impressive wins of the season or their most impressive overall wins of the season are going to be the 13-2 to win against Westmont. Uh, they split with Hope International, but they won the first game 14-4. to They beat Benue Mesa. They beat Arizona Christian. They swept Arizona Christian, actually. You know, that loss to Oregon Tech's going to happen. They had some really tough errors late in the game after a Jack Johnson home run, like literally the next inning made some really uncharacteristic errors. They had a catcher's throwing error. They had a shortstop error, things that did not go well for them that allowed runs for Oregon Tech. Uh, but LC is going to be my number six team. Vanguard out of the GSAC at 16-2 and two is, my number si- is my number seven team. Vanguard is 16-2 right now, 7-1 in GSAC play. That GSAC is dog-eat-dog. Dog. I mean, th- these things could change. We're two weeks away from our first in-season rankings. Uh, but right now I feel like Vanguard's the number seven team in the nation. And number eight out of the heart is going to be Central Methodist, who has played really well. They hit the ball like nobody's business. Yes, they have a tough loss to William Woods, three to one. Uh, they lost a really good game, a game that I actually thought they should have won. I think Nate Breland will tell you they should have won that. Uh, you know, I I think LSU Shreveport, you know, staff might tell you they think they should have won that because they were up by five run, or by four runs in a game where they were really holding LSU Shreveport's hitters down. They were able to jump back into that. They've got wins over Science and Arts, wins over Lion, uh, some really good wins. Bellevue has has looked pretty good to start the season. They got a win over them, uh, much better than they did last year. So. Uh, Central Methodist is is number eight. And then after that, Cody, I could not tell you a 9-10 through 170, whatever it is, 175, 176. I, d- I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I, I don't want to punish looking at the coaches poll top five right now. I don't want to punish USAO too much because they've got they, – they haven't had that playing time factor. They've played one week of baseball. They've played eight games, you know uh, – they just they haven't been able to get out onto the field. It's not a weather thing. It's just an external thing that hasn't allowed them to get out there. It's out of their control in a lot of cases, and that's a tough one. You know, am I going to punish them? No, I, I think they have a guy in Colton Williams that I want to go. If if I could choose one guy to start a game right now, just based on track record, that's Colton Williams. And I could only start one guy, and it was do or die. It's Colton Williams to start that game. Uh, USAO. So they would probably still be in my nine ten range. Uh, St. Thomas right now at nine and seven, it's it's really tough to to have to keep them in that top ten or in that top fifteen or you know what are we going to do in that top twenty five because they've been they've they've really fluctuated up and down. They had some really impressive wins over Kaiser and then they've dropped the last two games that they've played Kaiser despite winning the Sun Conference series. They drop a Sun Conference series to Warner. What are we going to do with them? Freed Hardman has, has not looked like Freed Hardman to start the year. So uh, I don't know. I think there's just a lot of conflict going on in the NAI right now that we can name eight standout teams in our eyes that are the eight best teams in the nation as of March 2nd at 5.55 p.m. Central Standard Time. 
that could all change after this weekend. And in two weeks, Cody, I'm really interested to see what that's going to look like overall uh, and how the coaches, who the Raiders are, going to put into that top 25 because we're going to have a lot of changes. Uh, I think Tennessee Wesleyan one, Southeastern two, Cumberland's three. I feel really good about those one, two, three. Uh, and then, you know, the rest to me is like, I don't know, like Gwinnett and Faulkner could be interchangeable. I think, you know, Vanguard, maybe they're up there. The West Virginia Tech loss for Gwinnett was not a good loss for them. Uh, Faulkner has a loss to Thomas. That's not a good loss for them. Um, so, I mean, it's just right now we just don't know. Uh, obviously, LC with the Oregon Tech. I mean, so it's, I mean, it's baseball, but man, there's just, I feel like there's some front runners right now. I feel like the NAI right now is looking a little top heavy early in the season. I just can't get a feel on like how good some of these other teams are until they match up against this elite competition. Uh, I, I do like Central Methodist. I think I'm a big component of like, you know, what kind of guys do you have? I mean, how much talent do you have? And like Central Methodist has a ton of talent. So I think they have some guys you put out on Harris Field and Lewiston. You know, they got some guys that'll put the ball out of the yard. Uh, they have some guys that'll miss some bats with Otero and Trellenbach. Uh, Vanguard has been incredible. Usually the best of the best in the GSAC can compete with anyone. And, you know, Vanguard is starting to me look more and more like that team. Uh, they've got some really good arms. They just are a complete team. Out West offensively, they're very good. On the mound, they've been incredible this year. Uh, so, I mean, I just think that they've been really good. Uh, as you mentioned with LC, I would definitely have them. If I was going to do a top eight, I would definitely have LC in my top eight. They're just too talented, man. I mean, you look at people don't want to hear, but you look at all the players they have. They're incredibly talented. I mean, the team is full of D1 kickbacks, and they're just really talented guys, too. Guys, guys that were productive at the D1 level. And they're just – they're a really good ball club. You know, I think the thing I worry about with LC is, is they do not have a big game the rest of the season. They don't have anyone to get up for, so I think they're going to have some weekends where maybe you kind of sleepwalk, which is what we've seen with several teams this year have done. You know, where you take a couple of games early, then you drop that last game to where you're just probably not as up for as you should be. I, I trust your top eight. I know you watch a lot of NEI baseball. For me, I feel like it's just – Tennessee Wesleyan looks like the best team in the country through this point. I feel very comfortable saying that. You put my name on it. Uh, Southeastern to me would be, if I had to pick another team at Southeastern, I think they're incredibly talented. I think they're a team that could go toe-to-toe with a Tennessee Wesleyan. I think that they're going to be back in Lewiston. And then Cumberland's, their body of work, what they've done so far has been impressive. And I think they've got some really good pitchers. That was something coming into this year. I was like, well, how is their whole staff going to look? And their whole staff looks really good. This is a team that's hitting the ball well. And uh, just the top three, to me, have separated themselves from the pack. Gwinnett, they have a huge series coming up with Middle Georgia. Because right now they're 10-4. and four. If Middle Georgia State comes in there, they take four games. Gwinnett is there sitting 10-8. and eight. Uh, Middle Georgia State would be 15-4. and four. Well, I'm not going to put Gwinnett ahead of a team they just lost a series to. So, I mean, I feel like Gwinnett, you know, it's a big series for them this weekend. Uh, Faulkner's going to have to come up and play some big series coming up. You know, I, I just I would like to see more out of Gwinnett. I need to see more out of Faulkner. Uh, so I, I feel like the top three are pretty cemented. We're we're gonna have to come back to this overall next week because at fifteen and four, you know, if if Middle Georgia was to go out there and just dominate this weekend, I mean, that's a team that you have to start looking to to move up. They they were sitting at at twenty two, and and you're gonna have to move them up. I think they move up regardless right now, no matter what happens, but. You know, fifteen and four sounds a whole of a heck a lot better than uh, eleven and and eight. I think that there are some teams that are going to move out. Oklahoma City's having a really tough start to the year. They have some really talented hitters, and they're just you know it's it's not their fault. They're they're scoring runs in a lot of games, but they're not putting up enough runs to win that that the pitching is keeping off of the board. I think that um, 
you know, looking at it overall, uh, Lion right now is one in six. If you go to the WAC, uh, Indiana Tech is is zero and seven. IU Southeast isn't having the start to the season that they wanted. Uh, I think that there's definitely some teams moving out. I could see a Middle Georgia moving up. I can see a Bryan moving up. Benu Mesa, I think Vanguard makes a drastic jump. Uh, Kaiser, I think, definitely also moves up a little bit in that poll with with what they're doing. Obviously, two wins over St. Thomas is is going to be big. Uh, but really, what I'm interested more than anything is in two weeks we're going to get this coaches poll, and we're going to have a better idea of it when that really when that overall. Uh, you know, conference group rating poll comes out. And Cody, what's tough for us this year is that in that first poll, they're doing the conference ratings that'll come out on Monday, and then they're not releasing the coaches poll till Wednesday. So our NAI ball podcast for that week will be out that Wednesday. And we're no since Periscope's no longer going to be a thing, uh, we're gonna go move our live video sessions over to Instagram live. So at NAI ball, if you want to keep up with those, when rankings come out, whenever anything happens, our nightly chats during the postseason, uh, but all of that moving to Instagram live, but we're going to have to dive into that the next week when, when ratings come out and rankings come out and really break down who's, who's who and who's where. Uh, but I just think right now, you know, you and I obviously have differing opinions. I'm able to, to list eight teams uh, you feel really comfortable with three, and that's kind of the difference in us. I think people just think that that we can just kind of go with the flow and with with everything. But you and I spend a lot of time arguing about teams and and talking about who belongs where and, and where people should go and and who's really good and and who's just kind of a pretender. And I, and for the record, like I like your top eight. I just I feel like that it's going to shuffle. I feel you know what I mean. So I feel like it's just so tough to. Like you said, we could not put a top 10. I mean, obviously, we can throw 10 teams down there, but we don't feel good about it. Like, do we feel like these are the 10 teams that are going to lose? I can't. I can't. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to like, figure out who's going to – well, we got one team in there. We got LC. Who Who else? Like, I feel we feel comfortable <laughs> with Tennessee Wesley, and we feel comfortable with Southeastern. Uh, so, it's just – we really don't know. And to do yeah. it 25, oh, my goodness, I cannot even imagine. I do no. not stress and uh, i don't know i don't know how the raiders are gonna do it i know there are coaches that are like oh my goodness yeah exactly you know i I don't know how they do it we we sit here a lot and we rail against the system so much but i i couldn't i couldn't do it this time i mean honestly if they just came out and said hey here's the top five have have at it you know i wouldn't blame them because there's just there's just been so much you know it's just not there yet we haven't seen it yet and that's the craziest part is sometimes by March, we're like, hey, this team's really good. This team's really good. This team's really good. Like, hey, I can show you 15 teams who are going to compete for Lewiston and five teams who wouldn't surprise me if they're going to be there. And it's like right now, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I think that that there's going to be some really interesting things to to move around. I think that, you know, there's obviously who I have in my top eight is the, t- the top eight teams that I feel the most comfortable with talking about putting in that top eight. Uh do I think that's going to be the top eight? I, I honestly do not think so. I honestly do not think so. I think somewhere along the line, it's going to be missed and somebody's going to get left out of that top eight conversation, really. But to put a whole top 25 together, I mean, you know, we'll light a candle for you or something if you're a Raider because that's going to be really hard to do. Do you mean like the coaches' top eight? Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, no, I don't think. Throw us a loop. Oh, no, I mean, it's never what we expect. <laughs> like, no, it yeah. is never what we expect. There's going to be some teams who are like, oh, okay. 
I think that and one of the things we were talking about off air, Cody, is just kind of how hush hush the NAI is in general, where it's like we we don't mean to like we feel like we come out as the bad guy more often than anything. But really, we're just trying to do our job like you and I both have professional journalism experience. Like we're just trying to be reporters like we are. We're just doing our jobs like everything from coaching changes to like who the Raiders are to, you know, uh, I know the AP puts out public ballots. Uh, and we're obviously not the AP and this is the coaches polls, not the AP, but we don't know anything about, about what goes on, you know, or, or what the requirements are or, uh, to make the con the, the national tournament or anything like that. It's also hush hush. And I mean, even coaching changes, we don't find out there's a coaching change sometimes until a new coach is hired. Yeah, man, it's very hush hush. And I mean, it's just the way I guess they go about doing it. Uh, like you said, we do not know who comes up to the top 25. Obviously, it's area Raiders, which are coaches around the country. That's the best way they can do it. I understand their hands are tied. They don't have like a you know list of real media across the board that can just sit there and do this for them. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just tough. And the coaching changes thing, that always gets me. Because like you said, man, like we'll just be scrolling along Twitter and, oh, look, there's a head coach. Like we didn't, what happened to Chris? And like we didn't know what we didn't know they fired the last guy. So like it's just yeah, yeah. They never make an announcement on when they let someone go. They always let you know when they say, "Hey, welcome, Brad so and so, new head baseball coach." So it's like oh, but uh, yeah. I mean, I I do think I wish more than anything there was a little bit more transparency on how the top twenty five is done. Yeah, I would I would love that. I'd also like if they you know flew us out to Kansas City just so we could sit in the room at the end of the year when when uh, national you know, the national conversation or they just even put us in a separate room and just like checked in on us every 20 minutes at like a Hyatt Regency or something like that in Kansas city. Like NAI, if you're listening, cause oh, I know they are Kansas, listening. Remember yeah, they Kansas city is a top five market. Kansas city is a top five market. And I know, you know, they, they listen heavy out in Atchison and, and out there also, but, but I know that uh, they're, they're listening at the national office also, you know, that you don't to be a top five market uh, for the NAI ball podcast is, is, a big thing. You got to have a lot of downloads and um, you know, DFW and Atlanta area are, are our one, two uh, Florida uh, is, is our three, but our number four market is Kansas city, Missouri. So uh, if anybody at the NAI wants to talk about, you know, taking us out there and just putting us in a separate room at a Hyatt Regency somewhere, you know, Cody and I will, will definitely, definitely do that. And we'll, we'll, we'll await, you know, uh, y'all's word on that. But Cody, man, let's keep rolling here. Uh, we've we've talked a lot about rankings and and just a lot to to go off of there. So let's take a look at our NAI Ball podcast hitter and pitcher of the week. Our hitter of the week is Cumberland second baseman Pedro Nazario, and this guy nailed down this award early in the week. He went ten for seventeen, four doubles, five home runs, three grand slams with twenty RBIs. Congratulations to Cumberland's Kentucky. Second baseman Pedro Nazario on winning our NAI Ball Podcast Hitter of the Week. Our Pitcher of the Week is William Penn starting pitcher Chase Stratton, who threw a no-hitter with 12 strikeouts, no walks against Northwestern Iowa. But, Cody, I think the best thing about this whole thing with uh, Chase Stratton is we tagged the wrong guy on Twitter. And uh, I'm not going to give out his Twitter <laughs> handle, he, he commented on the picture of Chase Stratton and says, though this is the most popular I've been on Twitter, I am Chase Stratton, the scientist, not Chase Stratton, the pitcher. Uh, my favorite is your response of, I mean, how live is your fastball? And he says it wouldn't even qualify as a changeup in this league. 
But uh, Chase, man, you're an NAI guy now. I mean, there's there's no way around it. You're you're definitely uh, a part of the program and a part of the legacy. So uh, congratulations to William Penn starting pitcher Chase Stratton on being our NAI ball pitcher of the week. And congratulations to scientists Chase Stratton on being our NAI ball scientist of the week. Cody, thoughts on these two guys? I think he's going to be the reigning scientist of the week a long time on this show. <laughs> uh, Chase Stratton, man, he's a hard-throwing lefty. He's a guy that gets up to 92 from the left side. A really good pitcher for them, underrated superstar. 130 innings pitched, 297 ERA, 181 strikeouts. He's got 181 Ks in 130 innings. Like I said, I talked to the San Xavier coach who played him last week, said he was 88 to 92, that he was hit 92 a couple of times. So this is a big arm for William Penn. He's a Friday night guy that's going to go out there and give you your best stuff every week. As for Nazario, I don't want to gloss over that too much, man, because 20 RBIs in a week. Uh, we've done this for two years now, I think, where we've given out player of the weeks. Mm-hmm. I don't ever remember seeing 20 RBIs in a week. I think that's a first on the show. Really incredible. You hit three grand slams. I mean, what are the odds, man? Three grand slams. So definitely shout out to Pedro Nazario. And, like, how good is that Cumberland's lineup? This is the leadoff hitter. Yeah. I mean, the leadoff hitter is getting grand slams. I mean, you got guys at the bottom of the order getting on base for them all the time. So it's just incredible to think that your leadoff hitter has 20 ribbies. Cody, man, um, really just impressive. I mean, 20. I, I remember when we thought that uh, player of the week was going to be too controversial. <laughs> um, you know, so it's definitely something that we're, we're thrilled to be doing. And uh, I think more than anything, these guys deserve it. Chase Stratton was phenomenal. And, and Pedro Nazario, I mean, is just a, the embodiment of what we expect that uh, Cumberland's lineup to, to really be so congrats to those guys for winning our NAI ball podcast hitter and pitcher of the week. Once again, William Penn starting pitcher Chase Stratton with a no hitter against Northwestern Iowa and Cumberland second baseman Pedro Nazario, who had three grand slams, five total home runs, four doubles and 20 RBIs weekend games and series to watch. And uh, really Cody, this list keeps shrinking smaller and smaller. This used to be one of the longer lists we would have on the show, but you know, with the way that Dak stats is, we don't know if games are going to be played, if they're getting removed, if they're happening, if they're not. So if you've got a weekend series, that's guaranteed at Rob G one Oh six, three for Robbie Gutierrez, the host of the NAI ball podcast myself, hit me up. Let me know you're playing this weekend. Let me know that game is good. That that series is good. And we will throw that series onto this list, but let's kick things off here. Georgetown versus IU South Bend. Hope International versus Westmont. That's going to be a big one out in the GSAC. Middle Georgia State versus Georgia Gwinnett. Bethel, Tennessee against Campbellsville, Kentucky. Concordia, Nebraska against Grandview. Mid-America Christian takes on Oklahoma City. Missouri Baptist versus Indiana Tech versus Central Methodist. Southeastern University will play D2 Saginaw Valley. Faulkner takes on Clark. Warner also takes on Bellevue and Weber International. Mount Marty versus Dickinson State, and then Vanguard against D2 Point Loma. Some big games and series to watch, Cody. Anything that sticks out for you? Yeah, there's two really big series here, and they're going to both do it kind of the same way. So Middle Georgia State, Georgia Gwinnett, they're going to play four games. Uh, Two games will be down at Middle Georgia on Friday. Two games will be in Gwinnett on Saturday. And for Vanguard and Point Loma, Point Loma is the number 13 team in the country in D2. Uh, We have Vanguard in our top eight. So this is a big-time matchup. And they're going to play two games at Vanguard, and they're going to play two games at Point Loma, which obviously Point Loma, if you haven't seen it, they have the ocean literally in the backdrop of their field. It's really incredible. 
So, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching that game, checking out a nice view of the ocean and some good baseball. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be keeping up with Middle Georgia State and, and Georgia Gwinnett. Uh, Hope International Westmont is going to be one for me. I, I like watching OCU on offense uh, when they play Mid-American Christian this week. Uh, Faulkner Clark will be an interesting one. I think Clark has an opportunity to, to jump way up there. They've had a little bit of a slow start to the season. Faulkner, an opportunity to keep doing what they've been doing all year long. And then obviously Vanguard Point Loma is going to be one as well. So, Cody, it is now time for our Silverback Sports Big Series of the Week, but we'll kick things off first with the first series that we need to be watching, and that's Reinhardt versus Brian. Reinhardt is 9-6. and six. I think they might be 10-6 uh, and six now, Cody. Uh, yes, sir. Just picked up a win over Bruton Parker today. There you go. 10-6 and six as of Tuesday. Uh, but 0-3 in Appalachian Athletic Conference play. They're hitting 244 as a team when we record this, 507 team ERA. Albert Mora entering before entering before the Bruton Parker game, hitting 340 with five home runs, 22 RBIs, and Daniel Delinsky, a three ERA, a three and one record. Four games started, 24 innings pitched, 30 strikeouts, opponents hitting just 200 off of him. For Brian, they're 13 and three. When we record the podcast, 3-0 in the Appalachian Athletic Conference, 344 team average, 553 team ERA. David Scoggins, shout out to that guy, 435 average, four home runs, 17 RBIs. And then Joseph Cuomo, 273 ERA with a four point with a four-one record, 33 innings pitched, and 31 strikeouts. So Cody, this is our first uh series of the week that we're gonna be watching. Give me a little bit of a thought on it. Well, I mean, the way the NAIA works, you know, the top 25 goes off conference ratings, right? This series will determine who's the number two team in the AAAC. Um, let's be honest, Tennessee Wesleyan is probably going to win that conference. They have for like 17 years in a row. That's not an exaggeration. They literally have for that long. And I just think this is a big matchup. Whoever wins this series will probably rank, be ranked number two in that conference and will be ranked ahead of each other in the top 25. Uh, Reinhardt's coming into this one knowing that this is a huge series for them. And I know Brian feels like they are the second best team in the conference at the very least. Uh, I think you have a big time Friday matchup. You're looking at uh, Delinsky versus Joseph Cuomo. Those are two of the better pitchers in the country. Uh, They're going to go at it and probably in the nine inning game. And that'll be a really good one. Like I said, I think this is actually a really big series because of that. I hate to make it all about top 25, but I think this has long-term effects. Do you agree with that? Yeah, no, I, I really think it does also because, um, I mean, what it comes down to is is you're really in that AAC conference, like you said, playing for who's going to be the second-ranked team. It's it's going to determine your positioning in that top 25. So I, I totally agree with this. Yeah, so I think it's just a big-time matchup. I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, we know the Brian guys because they've been there for like 58 years, Wayne Weinberger <laughs> and David Scoggins. I mean, they're completing their 62 season of baseball. So this is going to be really good, man. I'm looking forward to this. I know Reinhardt's looking for a big bounce back week. Like you mentioned, they're 0-3, but they're 0-3 against Tennessee Wesleyan, who would do that to literally everybody. And they actually played Tennessee Wesleyan pretty well, considering. I mean, they gave them their toughest weekend of the season, which is not saying much, but, I mean, it's still better than anybody else has played them. So, uh, yeah, this I think this is a really good series. I think Brian's a team that's honestly – I feel like they feel like they're slept on a lot, and I think they kind of are. I think anytime you're in a conference that has, like, a perennial power, like I'm sure anyone in the SSAC feels like they're slept on under Faulkner. So, I mean, I think this is going to happen, and I think this is a big weekend for Brian to go out there, show some muscles, and, you know, let people know, hey, you are the number two team in this conference. Before we move on to our big series of the week, Cody, I got to give a quick shout to David Scoggins. Uh, I think that, you know, 
he's he's been there for for forever he's on the 10-year plan along with wayne uh, wade weinberger but uh david when he graduates i told him that he will you know obviously post covid uh I'm, I'm gonna take him to a concert down here in in texas at some point because uh i know that he struggles out there in tennessee with that florida georgia line stuff that they like and i know you you cody yourself are not a country guy but uh you know you don't like country music per se but you know a, a David does. So I, I definitely appreciate him. And, and we definitely talk uh, red dirt country quite often outside of NAI baseball. Our big series of the week sponsored by Silverback Sports and it's two teams making their debut for the year and might be making their debut ever in this category. It's Asbury versus Point Park, Cody. Asbury is nine and two on the season. They are outscoring opponents 101 to 40. They're the number five team in the nation in ERA with a 256 staff ERA, a 338 team average. Walker Paris is hitting 417 with seven extra base hits and 20 RBIs. Will McDonald on the mound has a 212 ERA, 3 0 record, 17 innings pitch, and 21 strikeouts. For Point Park, they're seven and two. They're outscoring opponents in their first nine games, 75 to 32, a 330 team average and a 360 team ERA. Ed Fluger is hitting 435 with 10 hits, seven runs, and five RBIs. Ty Andrews is has a team leading 11 RBIs. And then pitcher Marco Quintanar has a 245 ERA with 11 innings pitch and 12 strikeouts. It's our big series of the week, Cody. Asbury, Point Park. It's a big one in the River States. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be a huge series in the River States. They're actually opening up with each other, and this could, you know, at the end of the year be one and two. Uh, Point Park has dominated this series. They've won 25 of 29. They're 25 and four. They actually won 20 in a row from 2013 to 2018. So it's been all Point Park of late. Uh, You look at some of the guys on their team, Quentin R, the lefty, is a 293 career ERA in 80 innings. Uh, He's been really good, man. He pitched really well against Cumberland, pitched really well against Southeastern. I mean, you both spoke with an assistant coach at Southeastern the other day on the phone who was praising him very much so. So, I mean, he went six innings, two earned against, you know, obviously one of the best teams in the country. It's really incredible. Uh, Ed Fluger, as you mentioned, he's hitting 370 for his career. He has 11 home runs. I remember he sent us a video last year. He had a huge pimp job. I mean, absolutely crushed a home run and put it up on the Instagram. Uh, it's a big-time bat for them. So, I think Point Park, they had a really good showing against Southeastern. They almost knocked off the number one team in the country. So I, I just think it was a really good performance down there in Florida. They went 7-2 and two in Florida. So I think that they're a great program. Asbury, I want to talk about Asbury. They're arguably, this is arguably their best collection of talent this program has ever had. I mean, there's a reason we picked them this year. They're really good. They are 23-6 and six dating back to last year. They've been winning a lot of games. They have a 2.2 team ERA dating back to last year. Will McDonald, you mentioned him. He's been their ace for four years. He's the career wins leader at Asbury. Uh, he's just coming off strikeouts. He's about to break the strikeout record there. Uh, he's the best pitcher to ever do it at Asbury. He's coming off an 11 strikeout performance just over the weekend, too. Uh, Alec Lush, he's their third-year guy now there. Uh, he's only been beaten twice in his career. He's a left-hander that's going to go out there and get the job done. They have a really good one-two punch. So I think like this Asbury team is not like the teams of the past. You look at their shortstop, Trevor Campbell. He's hitting 400 for his career, 429 this year. And this guy won freshman of the year in 2019, their last full season. Uh, Paul Hawk, he's been really good. 326 career hitter, has 110 RBIs in his career. This guy is a real power threat. I mean, he just won player of the week. So I think this Asbury team is going to do real big things. I know how excited they were last year. I mean, obviously last year they were 
rolling. Then the shutdown happened. It was really unfortunate. So we didn't get to see it play out. I think this Asbury team is going to be really good. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. I know their coaches are really, really high on this club. They feel like they can win the River States Conference. And I think this weekend is really their big test, man. This is the litmus test right here, right out of the gate. You get point part. Yeah, this is going to be a big one. This is going to be a really, really big one uh, for the River States, for the whole of the River States, and really an opportunity with for the series winner to set themselves apart with a big series win in conference play, whether it goes for conference ratings or anything like that down the line. All of that plays a factor uh, you know, at the end of the day into everything that goes into trying to make a national tournament. So Asbury 9-2, and two, Point Park 7-2. and two. It's our Silverback Sports Big Series of the Week. We're excited to have it and excited to see it. Cody, man, before we go, any final thoughts for this week? Anything you want to go over? No, man. I'm just looking forward to watching more baseball. Like I said, this is our best part of the year. Now everyone is playing. Literally Friday and Saturdays are jam-packed with NAIA baseball. Life is good. I'm just looking forward to this weekend. Man, I have to agree with you on that. Life is good. We're definitely happy that NAI baseball is in full swing. We're definitely happy that you're along with us on this ride too, whether you're listening at home, on the bus, wherever it is, before practice, in class. Actually, don't listen in class. You need to be paying attention. But no matter where you're listening, we thank you for that. Don't forget, download the podcast. It's how we keep track of of everything and really how we get our numbers and an idea of what's going on around the nation and where you're from and where you're listening from. So don't forget, you need to download, you need to share it, you need to subscribe and know when that download comes out. Leave a comment, leave a rating there on iTunes. Uh, We're now on Spotify. Be sure you are checking us out. Make sure you're getting the freshmen to do it. Your parents, your aunts, your uncles, your grandparents, your girlfriend, everybody needs to be listening to the NAI Ball podcast to have a better idea of what's going on around the nation. Tell your coaches about it if they're not paying any attention to it. Like They need to know. It's their best source for what's going on around the nation. So that'll do it for us here. For Cody Butler at NAI Ball, you can hit him up at NAI Ball on Twitter and Instagram. Do not forget that he is your number one source for all of your news, stats, scores, and information, 25-8. He's constantly there for you. does not matter the time of day. Somebody will see it at some point, and we will definitely get to you, and we want to post your videos. Send them to us. Send us your scores. Send us who you think needs to be shouted out and mentioned, or if you have an idea for a game and series to watch this week or a big series of the week coming up. Let us know. Interact with us. That's how we continue to build this base, build this alumni base, and keep NAI ball going. We appreciate y'all listening at home every single week. At Rob G1063 for myself, Robbie Gutierrez, the host of the NAI ball podcast, always here to talk baseball, always here to talk NAI baseball. So that'll do it for us this week. This was season four, episode number six, and we were super thrilled to have y'all along with us here. So until next week, we hope you have a great day and an even better tomorrow.